0: Cute. Lock, talk, radio. I don't know where it is. Am I going to make it big? Am I over to Am I to Is there something to get that ready? Is going to get
1: the question? Am I going are. to be okay. divorced in my future? You're listening to The Secret of no. Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. get into my
2: video. Now I it totally shut down. Okay. Come on. Everybody's like, what? Uh, hold on everybody. Find them. <sighs> All right. Doctor Kimberly McGeorge. N.D. C.N.H. is the best-selling author of the e-book, The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now, available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge.
3: The views expressed on The Secret to Everything are not necessarily those of the host, the co-host, or our guest. All medical information given is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any disease or condition. Please see your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. And as always, thank you for listening.
1: Wow, I apologize, everyone. I'm coming off of a tele-summit and my phone jammed and I couldn't sign into the studio, but... What would the Dr. Kim Show, formerly known as The Secret to Everything, be without technical difficulties? <laughs> we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. So let me figure out who's here. Um, Walt, are you here? I am. Yay! And G's here, right? Taking
4: that's
5: names.
1: correct. i right thinking... Yes, I'm right, right here. Hello. <laughs> Good. And
6: Kara, you're here. Accounted for.
1: All right, so check. So welcome to our show. I'm very excited. We actually have some amazing guests. We have Mr. Greg Friedman. We'll get to him in a minute. And we have Sandra Sneed, and we'll tell you all about them. But um, first of all, Walt, if you'd like to give our announcements, we'll get into the show.
4: I sure would love to do that. All righty. So please join us next week as we talk to the wonderful Andrew Raviskew about holistic weight loss and maintenance. This is a special gift for you as we head into the dreaded holiday season. Angela is a certified mind-body educator, exercise physiologist, and energy healer. And you can find her on her website at www.hestiahealth.com. That's H-E-S-T-I-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Then in the second hour, We will host Aerial Phenomena and director, Antonio Paris, and he will be discussing some recent evidence and sightings of UFOs in our area and all over the world. Uh, His website is aerial-phenomenon.org, as heard on the popular show Coast to Coast. Call in live and early with your questions on October 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the amazing and talented Dr. Kim will be featured on www.fromheartaketojoy.com, speaking about a hot topic: conscious relationships. Then, on October 17th, on the Dr. Kim Show, Marie Laratonda, Psychic Healer, will be our guest, taking our taking your calls and performing free readings and healings. Check out her website at www com. That's M-A-R-I-E-L-A-R-A-T-O-N-D-A. Then, I guess right after that, following on the same same night, on October 17th, Dr. King will be featured on the Sheila Gale Show on the Pooja Radio Network at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more information on how to listen to this show, you can find her link on www.secrettoeverything.com. And then you can feel free to contact Dr. Kim by email at dr.kim.ste at gmail.com. Visit her website at www.secrettoeverything.com. And we have Kara's website at www.strangedaysindeed.com. And if you have any questions on the paranormal activity, check out my website at www.strangedaysindeed.com. Spirits.org, And if you have any questions about the show You can also email me at Walt at GotSpirits.org And if you'd like to follow us On Twitter for Dr. Kim You can follow her at Serene Wellness For me at Ghost Hunter Walt. For TG At Intuitive Underscore PS And you have Karim At King Cashflow. That's K-I-N-G K-A-S-H-S-L-O. Um, and who is now following me back. Thanks, Kareem. And last, <laughs> but not certainly least, we have the lovely Kara at Coast, number two, Coast, Kara. Okay, guys, back to you, to Dr. Cho. Uh,
1: Thank you so much, Well, There's a lot of great stuff coming up. I really tried to make October a fun month where we get more into the paranormal and, um... Investigate some of that stuff. So, I do hope you guys will tune in and thank you for listening tonight. As I said, um, Kara's going to introduce our amazing guest. Do you guys have anything you'd like to announce going on in your lives? Oh, Kara, I'd like you to tell everyone what the upcoming dates for your radio show and her guests will be really quick before we introduce Greg.
6: Okay, well, tomorrow night on Strange Days Indeed, I am going to have uh, a a security (laughs) consultant who is going to talk to us about psychic protection, uh, dreams that we have that are warning us of, of negative things happening. So it's going to be a wonderful show about psychic protection and also about following your intuition. And so not only does he know about psychic protection, but he also works in security. So he's de- dealt with some high High intense situations, and it will bring a lot to the table. That's 10 p.m. on wwwblogtalkradio days indeed, or you can go to strangedaysindeed.com.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. Thank you, Kara. And I want to, Kara's going to introduce Greg. But I'd like to welcome you all to call in. I think Greg's going to take questions in a little bit after we chat with him. And the number is 646-564-9712
6: if you'd like to call in and ask a question from Greg. So it's all yours, Kara. Okay. Well, tonight we have a special guest Uh, in researching his work. It seems like this is going to be a really nice show to transform. But who is this guest? It's Greg Friedman, guide and life coach. Greg Friedman is a modern version of that which has existed in every culture. He is a life coach, guide, and mentor. He builds bridges in in part by taking the ancient wisdom of indigenous cultures and making it applicable to us in our everyday lives. Greg works with clients one-on-one in workshops as a couple's referee and translator, as well as taking small groups of people all over the world to work with Indigenous Elders and Remote Destinations. As a life coach and guide, Greg will pull anything out that he can to help. He helps you build the life of your choosing by uncovering the foundation that is already inside of you. And with that being said, here is Greg Friedman. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Welcome to The Secret to Everything, which is actually translating now into the Dr. Kim show, Greg. And I'd like to um, throw out the first question, which would be, well, it's kind of a dual question. Have you always done what you're doing? And if not, how did you get to where you are right now?
7: Well, it's sort of a dual answer. The answer is in one, one form or another, I have always done what I'm doing. And the much longer version is I was working in this place. And there was something that I'd always heard of and I was very, very interested in. And the guy down way on the other side of the place I was working on was very quietly speaking to somebody, trying to talk him into it. And he was resistant and resistant. And the more he's talking, the more I figured out that he was actually talking to me. And what he was talking about was sweat lodges. And this person led sweat lodges poured fire for sweat lodges, did everything, did tons and tons of Native American ceremonies. So I sort of weaseled my way in and figured out that it might have been a ricochet shot, but it was definitely aimed at me. And started out by helping him with sweat lodges, participating in sweat lodges, tending fire for sweat lodges, and eventually pouring water for sweat lodges. And that led me to him actually tricking me to go out to a Yaki reservation in Arizona where I met an amazing old man who welcomed me into his home and basically never let me leave, spiritually, <laughs> physically, mentally, intellectually. And I am so blessed for all the things that he showed me, taught me, allowed me to witness through his life, and through his death.
1: Wow. So what exactly, I mean, was Kara accurate in her introduction of you? What would you call yourself right now?
7: Yeah, a guide, a life coach, a mentor. What I do is I'll take people into the dark room of their choosing, and I will literally guide them towards the light switch. I'm not going to turn it on for them. It's their room, it's their light switch, and they turn it on. Now, all of a sudden, once they've found the light switch and the light's on, we're standing in this room with all this bright light. What they're going to do with their newfound awareness is up to them. And the reason I leave so much of this up to them is because I want them to viscerally experience their own power through their own choices, not me doing it for them, because any schmo can do it for you. But can you be led to recognize your own strength, your own power, and live it on a daily basis in the tiny little things and the huge things as well?
6: Wow. And Greg, this is Kara. I just have to make a note. I know that your bio lists all the fabulous places that you have taken clients and that you visited yourself. Upon reading it, I realized that I couldn't say half of those names, so I thought
7: I would leave it up to you. Otherwise, it was going to be a very awkward moment for all of us. Oh, don't count on me to pronounce them any better. Oh, that's <laughs> So I have – the Yaki Reservation is out in Arizona, and there was a very, very old man who had amazing powers that Mm -hmm. showed me things that were very, very simple and very, very easily relatable to this planet and everyday things that you do and things that I couldn't explain if – I couldn't explain no matter what. And he and spending some time with being welcomed into their home, into their ceremonies, and into their families is a lot of what taught me. And then from there, I just expanded, and I got to go to places in Peru. We got to go up a tributary of the Amazon and work wow. in Shapo, India, and this, another little old man and his wife and his granddaughter. And we went camping out in the rainforest alongside of the Amazon tributary. And they would sing songs and do ceremonies. And we had a mesh tent. And it was the most amazing thing to be able to look up through this mesh tent and see more stars. I mean, when I say a blanket of stars, you have no idea what an amazing... It's just not translatable. It's just... It was the most spiritually opening experience it was just and I was between the songs and the medicine and the ceremony and just the place itself and one of the reasons I take people to go far far away in order to do work is because sometimes removing them geographically from their environment takes that effect of having their mirror the mirror up to their nose away so that all of a sudden they have a little bit of perspective being thrown into a totally, totally foreign environment, being thrown into a ceremony that language is not going to explain, that all they could do is experience. So you're open in a way that words transcend.
6: Now, Greg, upon looking on your website and seeing some of your testimonials, what would you uh what would you prescribe for like someone who is just burnt out right now? I mean, they're spiritual, they're well-meaning, but they're just burned out on life. What is the first place or what the first few steps you would you would tell them to go? Should they should they get away to find themselves? What really heals a person when they're kind of in that rut?
7: Well, you could get away to find yourself as long as you have some kind of bridge to take that and make it applicable into your everyday environment. Because if you go off to this wonderful, wonderful retreat and there are all these amazing people and you go, ah, there I am, but you have no tools to bridge that and to make that applicable into your everyday life, then what good does it do? Really, I would say that you're running into burnout more Mm -hmm. because of this programming that says, I have to do this, I should do this, I must do this. All these obligations, obligatory words, keep us oppressed and repressed, and it's not necessarily the action that we're talking about as much as it is the perspective on that action.
0: Mm. So,
7: in other words, if I could change a have to to a get to, and that starts with just nurturing and nourishing myself I, I've used this with clients plenty of times. If we had this entire arena of banquet tables and we had to feed everybody, but we ourselves were starving, what would the most logical thing to do? What would the most appropriate thing to do be almost? Everybody responds by saying, no, we need to feed everybody and then we'll feed ourselves. Well, if we're doing that, we're not going to have as much attention, energy, spirit, presence in order to be of service to others. But if we can care for ourselves, nurture ourselves, nourish ourselves, then we're not going to be operating half speed. We're going to be able Mm. to be caring for ourselves and then, as a result... Be able to better be of service to others. That makes sense.
6: Oh yes, it it absolutely does. Now, uh, when you work Uh, with your Kara, I'm sorry. Before you ask
1: another question, I don't know. um, We have a couple calls. I'm going to go ahead and grab them um, and see if they would like to ask a question. If that's okay, Um, you cannot hog our guest, Greg. (laughs) Kara, I'm sorry.
6: We're both fighting over you. So why don't we bring in our (laughs) listeners? (laughs)
1: Um, all right, area code 562, do you have a question or a comment for Greg? Hello? Me? Hello? Do you have yes, a question you? or a comment?
0: But am I still on the line?
7: Yes. Yes, you are. I oh, can hear Greg, you. Oh, Greg,
0: it's Diane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, oh, I was listening, I was listening. I thought I hung up and I was just listening. No, I love it. It sounds great. Oh, my you're God, on the radio, I just got back Diane. from Texas taking care of my mom. I'm fried. I'm going to Michigan in about a week. But,
7: Do you have anything that you'd like to ask or will share with everybody else? Uh, Do you want, you want to tell what? a little bit I think about you're yours? Right.
0: I think you're right. you got to take care of yourself first, and then you can help other people. I think you're absolutely right about that. Do you and want to
7: tell them a little bit about your experience, Diane? Not really. <laughs> okay. <fair enough. laughs> it was kind of bad. <laughs> oh. Is it better now?
0: <laughs> oh, much better. No, everything's good, Greg. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm on the line. <laughs> I'm like five, six, two. Really? <laughs> oh no, Greg, you're the best. I'm so glad I got to hear this, and um... oh, we'll have to talk soon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, Diane, do you want me to – I'll just put you back on hold and you um, ponder Greg's um, words of wisdom here. So I'll put you back on hold, but thank you for calling in and listening. I'll just yeah. put you back oh, on you're hold. Buddy,
0: you know what? I'm not even sure what station you're on. I'm listening on the phone.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we're on blog talk radio, so it's kind of like oh. the Internet race. It's not really – Oh, like,
0: okay. Well, <laughs>
1: I'm sorry.
0: Go on, go, go on. on. Put me on hold.
1: <laughs> just hold, Diane.
0: Thanks.
6: Thank you. Now,
7: let me jump in here for a second. Without dishonoring anything that she, without giving anything away about her experience, she went through something that was really horrible, and it got immersed in a ton of fear. And when she was finally able to become present and recognize what is, instead of all these gook-piled fear-based Things that she put on top of herself, she was able to transform her life into such great happiness, and she's a phenomenal artist as well.
5: Ah, uh. huge. Um, Greg, I have a question. This is uh, PG. I have a question uh, that you were just talking about fear right now. Um, mm-hmm. One of my questions that I one of my questions that I had was, um, um, what is your view on uh, fear? Do you think people are born with it?
7: Oh, absolutely not. Look, fear is something that we acquire and integrate as though it's a natural component of who we are, and it simply is not. It is not innate. Fear is something we learn, and it would serve us more if we were taught that fear is a useless emotion. Whatever occurs, whatever occurs, our only option is to address it to the best of our ability. That's it. We have a natural ability to love and be loved. And in that love, we are powerful and we are capable. And fear is born of our feelings of being impotent. There's, a, there's this wrestler that I've been hearing about a lot. His name is Anthony, Anthony Robles. And he was born with one leg. And he just decided one day he wanted to be a wrestler. And his story is phenomenal because it is so without fear. And he talks about his process. And he said when he first started wrestling, he stunk up the joint. But he worked with his coaches, and he found out what worked and what didn't. He didn't focus on what didn't work. He fo- focused on what did work. And he kept getting better and better and better. And he wound up being the NCAA champion in wrestling wow. in his weight class. And it's just wow. because... He allowed, you know, this is true spirituality. He allowed his spirit to be present and to do what he had to do for himself, for his own happiness. And as a result, he's a model for so many other people that, not just people that were born handicapped, people that put those handicaps on themselves by their perspective, by their fear.
5: Yeah. You can tell from a story like that, he pretty much kind of didn't even recognize, you know, say what he's looking at in the mirror and just any type of fear, any type of doubt, he still continued on and kind of wrestled um, in the sense of continuing versus giving up or, or having any doubt that says, no, I can't even touch this. And, you know, I can't uh, because of his um, handicap that he has. He
7: Right. He recognized what he had in the mirror. He knew, look, I got one leg, so I ain't going to do that move that requires two legs. You know, there's so I do have other attributes, attributes and I'm going to focus on them and I'm going to make myself as good as I can be with who I am there's a great Einstein quote and I'm going to mangle it so I apologize but <laughs> if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree then it's always going to believe that it's stupid in other words Look, we are who we are. If we take the attributes of who we are and really focus on them, really build on them, take what we have and do the best that we can with them, that's all there is. But if we judge ourselves on what we're not, well, that's a waste of time.
1: You know what's funny? I want to tell a little story. I was um, having some problems, which most of you on this call, except Greg, <laughs> know about And today. And someone had... Um, kind of put me down, and it was funny because I kind of went to one of my um, conscious friends. Not that you guys aren't all conscious, I mean,
0: <laughs>
1: and he said, No, but he said exactly what Greg's talking about. He's like, He's like, just do your thing, be who you are, and that's all anybody asks of you. That's all the universe, it's all God, it's all whatever you guys want to call it. That's that's what Greg's saying, I think, to some extent. Absolute. it's like. Quit bouncing who you are off of what everybody thinks you should be, off of what you think you should be. Just be who you are, and not only be who you are, but then go up the next level and become who you didn't even think you could be, but who we all are. And what I love about what Greg does, or what I think you do, and forgive me if I'm you know, mutilating it, but I think what you do is really bring us back to who we all are, which is absolutely anything, I mean everything's possible It's full possibility 100% of the time And you somehow I don't exactly know how you work But you somehow you know, bring us face to face With our true greatness That is in each one of us I feel like that's what you do
7: Well, I, you know There's a Buddhist saying That says that a teacher's job is not to teach But instead It's to peel away like layers of an onion so, it's my job is more to uncover what's already there, so you right. can just go out and like and fly unencumbered
6: now yeah. when you're when you're working with people to live their best life and to get unleashed from the fear that's chaining them uh what is your theory on people still carrying around their stories? Do you try and get them to learn from it, or do you try and get them to kind of um, put their stories in their place? And by stories, I mean, you know, I went through a divorce. I got into a car wreck, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Stop
1: laughing. I'm laughing because you just told half my story on the
6: air. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us on it. okay, keep going. Which came first,
7: the car accident or the <laughs> divorce?
6: Uh, okay.
7: No, no, you only are defined by your stories if you allow yourself to carry them around like identities instead of understanding their their experiences. It's not important what brought you to this place. It's important what you're going to do with what brought you to this place in this place. Does that need more clarification?
6: No, absolutely it doesn't.
4: Walt, did you have a question? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of questions. Um, I, I'm really excited about the, the the role of that you play as a spiritual guide and, and mentor and life coach. And could you tell us where the light bulb in your life first went off that said, "Hey, I really need to expand this message and and get it out to the universe and tell other people what I know." And and like, can you tell us about like the first person that came to you and maybe how that happened and where it really clicked for you?
7: Well, as I said, I've been truly, truly blessed by having a lot of really amazing indigenous people, a lot of amazing people teach me and take me under their wing and really, when it was appropriate, shove me out of the nest as well. So I'm working with one of the elders, and he said, so, how's it going? Good. So when are you going to start doing this for a living? What are you talking about? Um, This is your calling. Well, yeah, so when are you going to start doing it? What do you mean? And I fought him, and I resisted, and at the same time that I was fighting and I was resisting, I knew he was right. It was that thing that I was just going, all right, now I just have to jump out of the nest, and I have to learn that I'm either going to fly or I'm going to fall, and it's okay either way. But I was pushed, and then I was pushed again because I was working with a lot of people, one-on-one. And I went back to that same teacher. He said, so how's it going? Great. Really? And so how many people you you working with? Really? One at a time? Really? So how many people are you touching? Well, there's that one person, and then there's anybody else that they affect. Well, yeah. So schmuck, get out there and reach more people. You have something to say. And in saying that, you're going to teach them and you're going to teach yourself, and this is who you are. So go be who you are.
4: Uh, yeah, I really love that story, and, and it's just like that—you know, everybody has, I guess, that path that you have, but in a different path. You know, they're a different teacher, and you're that teacher for other people. Um, are yeah. you also, are you Native American by any chance? Or
7: no, I am half Italian and half Russian. <laughs> Not okay, so no Native things American things. in me, but I am I am again truly blessed to be part welcomed in as part of the Yaki family. And I've worked That's with great. other tribes as well. I've worked with Akanabe, and I've worked with Lakota. Hmm. Is
4: there is there any difference between the two, or are they similar?
7: Oh, huge differences! It would be like trying to bunch all Europeans together. Okay. Oh. So everybody has their own expressions and their own way of reaching spirit, talking to spirit, interacting with spirit, and interacting on an everyday level. And one because because there's one perspective that's dramatically different or slightly different than the other, doesn't make one right and the other one wrong. It's integrating all of them. And that, that doesn't just go along with indigenous tribes. It goes along with Catholicism, Judaism, Buddhism, Taoism, everything. It's that the more I can integrate and learn from, and the more I can make applicable to my own happiness and my own work. Mm. That's great. Okay. Wait a
1: minute. I think we might have another caller. I want to get our callers in. Um, Help by Date. Uh oh. Okay, well now you can yes. talk. Greg's dropped off the line. So what, <laughs> so what well, happened? Now,
4: Greg, Greg dropped off. Yeah, mm. so
1: now you can talk about how profound
4: well, you are. Well, one of the things well, one of the things that Greg said, and and I think it, I think it's something for for me and maybe others to to look at is that you're always going to get a difference of opinion when you're learning something from somebody who, you know, you would. Uh, admire and, and mentor yourself or someone that you're, you know, that you look up to. And and it's not that one's right or one's wrong. You just have to <clears throat> accept that there's two different uh, views and then use the one that best fits for your own personality. Right. And I, I really like that. I, I, he was actually coaching me as, as he was telling <laughs> me. So I
7: really love hearing that. Hi, I'm back. Uh, I got cut off somehow. Okay. Energy, Greg.
1: You know that. Energy. Okay. Um, area code so, 818-
7: 818. Yeah, going along with what you're talking about, I tr- I do my best not to talk about things in terms of right, wrong, good, bad, but more in terms of light and shadow. And even in light and shadow, most want to put the label of good on light and the sha- and shadow bad. Well, mm-hmm. to me, that's not accurate. Shadow is energy. Energy is energy. So, what we have to do is figure out how to assemble it for our best use and for the best use of the planet so sometimes something that may seem dark or horrible like you know like anthony robles not being born with a leg well that could be shadow but that shadow is part of what made him who he was a champion now would he have done that with being born with two legs We don't know. All he knows he took something that was a shadow and he combined it to really enhance his life. He integrated it. He employed it. Mm.
1: You know what's funny about you saying that? I kind of use that same example when people ask me, well, if we're so intuitive or you're so intuitive or you're so psychic, um, why can't you pick the lottery numbers for me? (laughs) And this is my theory. It's very similar to what you... Though, my theory, and it's just my theory or my belief, and a few people on this call that are my co-hosts have asked me this question, but my theory is that if you had um, you know, all the money in the world, let's say you won you know, $25 million or whatever, and you get half of that or whatever, but the point is, are you really going to step up into the world then? I mean, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Are you going to fulfill your purpose and your full talents and abilities Um, to make the world a better place or whatever, whatever you choose to do, are you really going to do that if things are handed to you, which is the question you just threw out with what you were saying about the guy missing a leg. Would he have been the same person? Absolutely not. I don't think he would have been. It's impossible. I mean, the vibration is totally different of um, someone with a physicality of two legs versus one leg. So, I mean, I just think that um, some of the times it is a gift in disguise when we aren't given everything that we'd like to have or think that we need. It's actually, um, like you said, in the shadow that we can find blessings.
7: Right. I agree with that entirely. And I think the reason it's disguised is because we've been programmed to say bad is shadow. You know, wrong is wrong. Instead of saying, look, it's just material. How do we assemble it so it works for us? You know? there's another Einstein saying, you know, I've just guess I've been fixated on Einstein lately. And it says, everything is energy. And that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. And I love that, because he's saying, look, it's just energy. Assemble it the way you want. Use the energy that's in front of you to create the reality that you choose.
1: It's so funny. Kara, what did you just hear me talk for an hour about? Did you not just hear me say what he just said for an hour? Actually, it was for two hours, but you were only supportive for an hour. So, um, oh, Kara's not on. Her mic's not on. But that's what I, yeah, it's funny, Greg. I just, I mean, I just hammered an international audience for two hours with that um, whole lecture that you just said. They're like, how can I manifest? How can I bring what I desire into my physical reality? And um, Einstein said it, you know, in that couple sentences you just read. Absolutely. That's 100% truth. I love that.
7: It's And I love that he breaks it down so, you know, this is not philosophy. This is not some theory. This is physics. This is the reality of the universe that we live in. So create as you so choose. And create with the materials that are of your being. First starting with who you are, and then what's around you. And in this moment, you know, what I was asked, I think it was Kara that asked earlier about all the stories. You know, it's like all those stories are are rock in a backpack that we carry around. Look, the path is going to be hard where it's hard, and it's going to be a breeze when it's a breeze. But all those stories, all those rocks that we carry carry around make it harder no matter what. They make us weighed down. So the more we could be present, the more we could be in this moment and make choices out of what we feel is most appropriate. Appropriate is a great word for me. Apropos, fitting for this moment. Not what's right, not what's wrong, not what I'm obligated to, but make choices for what's most appropriate in this moment. The happier we're going to be and the more available and fluid, we're going to be to be able to express that happiness, that love, and share it with others.
1: I love what you said, which I don't know if people caught it, so I'm going to repeat it. You mentioned really briefly that, um, you know, you have to be – basically you said, um, among everything you just said, that you have to be the frequencies or be the energy that you want to see, that you want to bring into your physical reality – and that is just something that's really not, you know, we watch The Secret and we're told how to manifest. And people don't really understand how what that means. Could you um, go a little deeper into that? Yeah,
7: you know, if you want to get hugged and you act like a cactus, the odds are dramatically lesser.
0: <laughs>
7: you know, if we want to draw love into our lives, we have to act from a loving place to ourselves, and those around us. Not in a people-pleasing place. Not in, if I just give this much, then I'm going to get this back. I'm doing this because this is who I am. This is what I want in my life for myself. And this is what I want to draw into my life from my environment. Was that responsive?
6: Uh Uh-huh. Perfect. Now, um, Greg... Would you consider your spiritual path more eclectic? Do you subscribe to a particular doctrine, or um, have you just kind of traveled the world and found what fit into your soul?
7: I would say the latter. It's, I've really, really gone and explored the world as we know it, and I've gone deep within myself, and I've gone into different spiritual realms, and done my best to figure out what works for me. And some days I am great and right on track and really present and very attuned to that. And other days I'm bumping into walls because mm. that's how I'm going to learn sometimes too.
6: Yeah, I, I absolutely understand that. Um well, guys, it's uh, it's a lot of information, but it's so enlightening, isn't it?
7: Uh, They've agree. all left. <laughs> no, go ahead, Greg. No, that's okay. It just said y'all left left us. No,
1: funny. It's it's a little over um, well in TJ's head, but Karen, I get it.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks
7: a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, well, I'm so guessing. all right, if it's a little bit too esoteric, a little bit too philosophical let's do something to make this more down-to-earth. So Maybe. is there something that one of you guys are working on right now? Is there a question that's going on for you personally right now that you went, yeah, let's talk about this. How do you deal oh. with this?
6: I Okay, I'm just going to volunteer here unless somebody wants to out-volunteer me. <laughs>
4: I, 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 can, I can go. <laughs> I
1: don't have a big think- oh, to
4: <laughs> I can go first. Okay. <laughs> Um, one of the things that, that that's kind of coming to me in in my life is is sort of the life coaching, spiritual coaching aspect of um, helping people uh, with with changing the energy in their life. And do you think that that is is a in your opinion is is a path that I should be taking?
7: Well, it's not mine to tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. So instead, let me ask you a question. Why would you want to change their energy?
4: Um, Well, because they're surrounding themselves around negative things, negative energies, negative, um, whether it's a relationship or it's a job or it's something else, it it, it always comes back to changing that to a more positive frequency. So then you
7: have to ask yourself, why are they choosing those kind of things for themselves? What? Well, There's got to be some kind of cookie in it for them because if there wasn't, they wouldn't keep going back to that place. They're trying to resolve something. They're trying to, in quotation marks, fix something or work through something that keeps drawing them to this lousy job or this icky relationship. So it's not that I want to change that. It's that, all right, you're drawn here for something. Let's go get it so we could go, and, or maybe let's go figure out a better way to get it. Either way, it's not about the difficulty. It's not so much as an obstacle that they're running into. It's an opportunity. So it's an opportunity that they keep providing for themselves by hitting in the wall somehow. Well, all right, you're going into that wall. What are you going there for? Because there's something here for you, or at least you're under the perception that there is. So let's figure out what it is that your true intention is and let's figure out a pathway towards it. Now, it may be through, you know, hellfire, or it may be through, you know, an all-expense-paid vacation. We don't know. But the the important thing isn't what's going on. It's why it's going on. There's something that's drawing you there. So let's figure how to get you satiated in that so that you could employ that, that your entire being is striving towards. Does that make sense?
4: Uh, yeah, to a point it does, yeah. I mean, it just seems that people seem to, you know, sometimes you know, you know to do something, but when you hear somebody tell it to them, they it clicks. Like, I'm not saying, like, fire is hot and then you have to get burned first, but sometimes, sometimes that's life. And sometimes okay. that's their, the path that they end up on, and it just takes someone to say, "Hey, look, you know, just like you said, is hey, there's there's another option. Well, you know, why are you choosing this option?
7: Right. And that's, and that's, that's exactly what, what saying, I draw out. Is, why are you choosing this option? Because right. there's something else here. Because even if we resolve this one thing, and we don't resolve the why of what's drawing us to it, we're going to go seek that out in some form or another until we reach that resolution. Right. So, I'd like to go beyond just, okay, you're you keep going and getting bad relationships. Why do you do that? What's in it for you? You know, and that's an easy one because you look at that and generally what we're doing on some level is doing our best to resolve the patterns of the models that we had. In other words, we're looking to fix the things that we felt were broken with our parental relationship the mother father or watching their dynamic as a couple relationship and sometimes all we need to do is realize that one we don't need to fix that stuff and then it's all of a sudden I don't have to go there anymore or sometimes we need to make it so that this isn't a priority that going to get your own happiness is a greater priority right cool great yeah, I
5: have a I have a question um uh and this is you know, this is kind of like a real life uh question for myself um let's say for me i actually want to get a little bit uh, closer uh with uh, on the spiritual side um kind of like an, enlightenment i have friends that also practice a lot of um i' cause one thing um that caught my ears were um you know visiting like the indigenous people uh native uh Americans as well here as well as in uh, say peru. Uh, Machu Picchu in um different places like that. And I know that their, their spirituality has to be different, I would say, compared to say going to class and somebody here in the metaphysical um uh, classroom is teaching you. Is there like a difference that they're kind of teaching that may be lost from the natives compared to what the, you know what's being taught today in uh in class?
7: Well is there a difference? Yes. And the difference is mostly in the expression of it instead of the essence of it. I found that the essence is all pretty much the same. It's just, you know, they're teaching love. And what happens is often it gets convoluted by dogma or by the human nature to integrate or insinuate our own personal garbage into the mix of it. Instead, one of the reasons, as I said, that I go away, aside from getting your nose away from the mirror, is indigenous cultures tend to be simpler in their expression of it, less cooked up with a whole bunch of other stuff, has been my experience. And in addition, there is an aspect of spirituality that transcends language. So if I'm sitting there with a Shipibo Indian and his wife, and she's singing all of these traditional songs that have been handed down for literally thousands of years. I can't understand one single word. Whereas if I go to a church here, and they're singing a psalm, I could understand the words here. Well, sometimes understanding those words gets us stuck in the mental realm. And it doesn't block, but inhibits us just getting to the true spirituality of it, just feeling of it, having it in our being.
5: So it would be like that connection that's being made. Um, that's where it might be a little, a uh, little bit foggy or a little bit blurry, just because of the uh, the way the use of the words, the language.
7: It's more like a connection that's circumventing the usual pathways and just going to the heart of the matter.
5: Okay. Is, is that where, kind of like, say, for example, somebody, and I, I know that you had mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, maybe taking off, like, you know up here, I guess it would be like, say, going to Yosemite and just kind of get away from, you know, the, the normal and kind of just be out in the open, out in the in the woods and stuff, and uh, maybe spend a week or two weeks or even going up, you know, further up to like Oregon or so, and just be up in the redwoods and kind of absorb nature a little bit more and be, you know, where a lot of things are lost because of the, uh, you know, so-called concrete jungle uh, here. Is that where people would go ahead and kind of make a better connection at?
7: Well, you know, and it's funny, because you, the answer is yes, and also, if we can't take that back and really figure out how to make that work in everyday society, then all it is is a drug, a temporary fix. So, okay. for example, when I took the one of those groups up that tributary of the Amazon, we got back, and we still weren't even close to being in civilization, but we got out of the jungle. And the first night there, to a person, everybody freaked out because it was so clear and so simple and so easy to recognize and have it in their being when they were in the jungle. That's what I always say my job really is. I come back here and I work my tushy off to help you translate what was so clear to making it applicable in suburbia to be an urban shaman, to get how being up in Yosemite and really communing with God is available here in the middle of a city, in the middle of a traffic jam, and it takes some learning, and it takes some tools, and it takes some practice. But it's everywhere. You know, people even talk about yoga, for example, as a practice. What they don't get is yoga is every day, it's life, it's living. And yoga isn't about that thing that you do in the classroom or in the yoga studio. Yoga, those things that you do in the yoga studio or the classroom are tools that help get it into your being so that when you're outside of the studio, you're really practicing yoga, which is living, which is being present, which is loving.
4: While you are learning in these jungles, and, and with different tribes and stuff, did you ever have a fear that maybe uh, your 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 life was in jeopardy? <laughs> well,
7: it, the answer is you're sort of aware that there's something big out there. We were laying in the tent one night, the first night that we got there, and you hear this little thing go glump in the water by the river. Then you hear a little thing go groom a little bit bigger. Then you hear this really big splash, and you go, "I really hope it doesn't get any bigger than that, because <laughs> I don't know what the heck it is, and it's pitch dark out there." But it's just. But and the truth is, you wake up the next day, and everything's fine, and you just figure out that okay, guess what? There's stuff that's big out there. Now, what am I going to do?
4: Right. So, I mean, I, my my question more was like with the tribal. The tribal people? Did you have a fear that maybe you weren't as welcome as you thought you were?
7: Oh God, no, no. They they have always. I have I bust my tushy to make sure that the people that I hire as the guides, the intermediaries, are amazing people, and they create relations with very very well-vetted, authentic shamans when I go down there. So when I'm working with those people, those people understand that we come down with an intention to learn, to grow, to participate. And they recognize that and appreciate that in us. And we recognize them and appreciate them for all that they have to offer. And it's an exchange. And it's an exchange through honor and appreciation. Mm-hmm. So, That's no, great. not not once Did I ever feel like, you know A little bit threatened On any level That's good, good to know Yeah, it's amazing The trips are absolutely phenomenal All over the world you get to see Things that are You've never experienced Taste, tastes that you've never experienced I mean, just, I mean, literally Taste, there was one morning There was an array of fruit that, I, that was laid out on a table, I did not recognize one, and every single one was this explosion of this completely unfamiliar yet oh so good experience that was a, you know it was just tactile and wonderful and that's how that's a more visceral explanation of what happens mentally, spiritually, and physically overall through those journeys. There's this explosion of all these different fruits that I've never had a chance to take a bite of. And I, by going there and taking these people with me, I afford myself and them an opportunity to experience things from a perspective and in some cases, taste that they've never had in their lives.
4: Mm-hmm. How, just a few moments, don't let me ask you, how old were you when you, when you were going on these journey's?
7: I've been doing the journeys with taking other people for almost 10 years now. Um, When I started going, from a little kid. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, Greg,
1: what if someone wanted to go on a trip with you or wanted you to work with them? How would that happen?
7: The easiest way to get a hold of me is gregfriedman.com. That's G R E G. F R I E D M A N Friedman dot gregfriedman.com. Greg and take a look at the website. Feel free always to ask me in any and every question that you may want to ask me. I'm completely open. Okay. And I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity that you've all afforded me. And this has just been a blast to allow me to share my thoughts and to hear what you guys have. So thank you.
6: Oh, we've
1: had Um, those all fun. You know what? And I just wanted to mention... No, you go ahead. No, I just said I just love what you said about the tactile um, benefits. I think we get so numbed out in, um, like you said, I like that you take people out of this environment because often when you're popped down into an entirely new place, it's almost like your senses reawaken, and I love that you afford people that opportunity, and all of your senses, I mean, including... In your physical senses. So I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And um, thank you for being Greg and showing up as Greg. And, and that's amazing. And you're a great role model to all of us. So um, if you could give your website one more time, and you're welcome to come back anytime and chat with us. So thank you so much.
7: I cannot begin to tell you how I appreciate all of it. My website, again, is gregfriedman.com, G R E G F R I E D M A N.com. And thank you. Have a lovely afternoon.
6: Well, you
7: have thank a you, beautiful Greg. night. All right. Bye-bye. Take, Take care. You, thank
5: you so much.
1: I'm trying to find which phone is Greg. Well, um, we have a wonderful and amazing guest. Yes, I'm talking about you, Sandra. So we'll bring her on in a little bit um, Lots in store. So if you'd like to call in, um, a lot of people are going to want to talk to Sandra. So go ahead and give us a call at 646 564 9712, and we will put you into the call lineup. And thank you for everybody that's listening. I think you're going to be fascinated. Sondra brings a little bit different skill set, um, something a little different to the table, but equally enlightening as Greg and equally beneficial to your life. I'm going to go ahead and um, mute all of us and take a breath. I just came off of two hours of radio, into two hours of radio, so I need this just as much as some of you might. I know I'm going to go ahead and play. Um, our light meditation. And then we will bring on our next guest. This is a light meditation to open up your chakras and bring light throughout your entire body. Relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold all your tension from the day, from this week, in that breath. Then take a deep breath out. Open your crown chakra, which is at the top of your head, and allow a column of golden light enter through. Bring it down through the top of your head, and run it through your entire body. Relax into the light as the light slowly ripples through you. Visualize each successive ripple of light running continuously from head to toe and carrying all your tension away. Visualize more and more waves until they flow together in a golden river of light running through you. Imagine that river expanding beyond your body to fill the room. Expand beyond the room to fill your space. Expand beyond your space to fill your town. Expand beyond your town to fill your province or your state. Expand beyond your state or province to fill your country. Expand beyond your country to fill the world. Expand that beautiful golden river of light beyond your world to fill your universe. Expand beyond the universe into the infinite. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out.
3: The views expressed on The Secret to Everything are not necessarily those of the host, the co-host, or our guest. All medical information given is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any disease or condition. Please see your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. And as always, thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to The Secret to Everything, now the Dr. Kim show, and I'd like to reintroduce you to all my wonderful co-hosts. We have Walt. Hello, Walt. We have Kara from Strange Days Indeed Radio, and I think T.G. called back in. He hung up on me. Sometimes he does. No, <laughs> oh, <okay.
5: laughs> the phone that did that, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, the phone story? I like how that, that works for you, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right. So um, I am so privileged. You are about to meet one of those rare, beautiful lives that exist in um, sometimes a rather dark universe, and her name is Sondra Seed. Sondra Seed was an atheist. When something happened to change her mind, and I am actually going to let you, her tell you that part of the story, Um her, she has an upcoming book, um, What to Do When You Are Dead, which is a question and answer interview with God, which answers questions about the illusion of death, the causes of cancer and heart disease, the male-female illusion, and the importance of living with purpose. God's aim in this book is to help those who will pass from the oncoming ecological disaster to help them to just transition into the next realm. If their souls are trapped on the earth, there will be no one left to help them cross into spirit. Tonight, We have the privilege of hearing Cassandra talking about the mythological story. She says God gave her during a two-hour non-stop dictation in 2004, currently available for the Kindle. Relief to see her arrive, the missing symbol of the Adam and the Eve, tells the story of the first humans the way it was told for thousands of years, through oral tradition, long before it was written down and edited by government officials in biblical times. The remnants of the original story that's left in the book of Genesis has been completely warped, and it's symbols stripped of their original meaning. Relief to see her arrive, the missing symbol of Adam and Eve, and you can go to um, com. You can also sign up to get a free copy of Five Principles for Quieting the Mind and Listening to Your Higher Self. So, without further me rambling, I would like to welcome Sondra. Hello, Sondra.
8: Hello. Hi. <laughs>
1: Wow, this is so exciting. Well, I'm so grateful you agreed to be on, and I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, It's going to be an exciting hour. And let me just mention really quick, if you would like to call in, we're going to talk about Saunders' book and and have some discussion around that. And if you'd like to call and contribute or ask a question, you may call 646-564-9712, or you could also type a question, if you like, in the chat room. So first of all, Sandra, my first question would be: Could you tell people what is it exactly that you're doing, and how did you get to this point that you're doing it?
8: Well, uh, in 2004, I um, I was writing in my journal or about to write in my journal, and my pen just got away with me, and it said, um, "Unemployed?" Question mark. Is my assertion you are employed by me? And Um, As you mentioned earlier, I was an atheist at the time, but for some reason I knew immediately God was talking to me, and that moment sparked nearly a full year in solitude with God, and I filled about ten spiral notebooks in dialogue with God, and um, totally reprogrammed my my mind and um, my way of life, and um and then i'm just going to fast forward in the story uh, to over the past couple of years um and this was about 7 years ago but it's taken about that long for me to have the courage um to go public with the information because you know when you're given a gift it's it's really unfair to keep it a secret especially when the content of that gift is so life-altering. So when I sat down to write a book for uh, the rest of the world, that's when I found out, um, and so will my readers find out, that um, I was born to do this. This was why I came to earth, and I only woke up to my purpose uh, at the age of 39. And then, um, uh, well, and then this this book be, became um, a warning for for humankind.
6: Now, Sandra, my First. this is Kara. My question yes. for you is, coming from the atheist background, and also we'll go into your career, which has been very scientific based, and I believe still is scientific based. Um, how was it was it easy for you to begin accepting this? Or was it very life-altering to suddenly see that
8: message? You know, it it happened at a time when my my life had just completely upended. I was living in New York City. I had been um, I was a, a photographer and a um, and a writer up in New York, and I had lost a job, and the man I was in love with. Uh, for four and a half years, was ending the relationship, and suddenly I had no one uh, in my life. It, I was confronted with with um, no distraction, and in that time of isolation, it was very, very, very cold January, so there was really no reason to even leave the house. Um, it was so cold. And so to become so confronted with so much loss that all is le- all that's left is you, is the is the bare you. And then I found that in that bareness was a great being that had been there all along, and had been just waiting for this moment in my life to occur, in order to make contact with me. And so, when something that big, when you confront something that big, it's it's easy to believe. What's not easy is telling everybody else about it. <laughs> That's the hard part. It's easy to believe in isolation. You know?
6: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We can totally testify to that.
8: Yeah, absolutely.
6: <laughs> Sandra,
1: yeah. I don't yeah. want to get fight so over talk you Kara. I don't want to get too far into. I think people um, well, like your gift will become apparent. I'd really kind of like to dig into um your book if if you would tell us a little bit about that and um the relief to see her by the missing symbol of the Adam and Eve. I'm really interested. That was obviously something okay. very important. If yes. you took two hours, I think you said non stop dictation. Could you tell us how that yes. came about?
8: Yes, and and this um this is a very short book. Um it's uh I would say more like a booklet uh because it's just the story of Adam and Eve. And it did come to me, um God gave me this one evening when I was out sitting under the walnut tree in the backyard and um the story started, and it just didn't stop and what it what it is is a is a story about um well I should say that once i once I wrote it, I had to start doing some research, some background and i and um it's it tells the story of Adam and Eve in a way that uh, we just have not been brought up to know. The story of Adam and Eve, it, it, do you want me to get into that, into what the story is about? Or Oh, what? yes. Okay, okay. So, um so what we find out in this story, it starts out he was alone. He had forgotten the being that dwelled within him, and the the story is about Adam had been placed on the earth to be kind of a God's artificial intelligence just as we would build a computer Adam was this human computer placed on the earth to take an accounting of all of the life that was uh, uh, that was erupting from the core of creation onto the surface of the earth and um it was it was becoming so prolific that it was difficult for the the essence of creation to keep track. And so that's why Adam, an androgynous being, by the way, at the time, um, was placed on the earth. But then Adam realized at a certain point that he was alone. He, there was no one else like him on, on the earth. And he felt um, in his aloneness this incredible fear, and it made his heart race in such a way that, um, you know, the the heart is the window of the world to God. We, God can only see the world through our heart. And when we are in a state of fear, when Adam was in this state of fear, it, the heart raced and sent worry throughout, and Adam could no longer hear God. Um, so I'm going to kind of go fast forward a little bit in the story this is when God decided that it was not good for Adam to be alone. And so we get to um, to the secret about the rib, why Eve was then created from Adam's rib. And um, should I give that away? Should I tell that secret? If you want um, you yeah. Do. Yeah. What
6: do you think, Kara? What do you think, Kara? I'm totally hijacking your show, Dr. Kim. It's just that you know in talking with Sandra off air, I've developed such a kinship towards her, and I believe you have as well, so I'm just okay. getting like a little excited and I also read her book. I read her book today on this, so you make oh. the call Dr. Kimberly, but
8: no, I don't think we should tell Sandra because I okay. think. Okay, and it's only a dollar on on uh for the Kindle. Uh and if you don't have a Kindle, you can always download the app for your um personal computer, for any personal computer, there's a Kindle app. And it's uh not very long, but it it really it reveals that secret as to why um Eve was created from Adam's rib. It also t- tells the story of why Eve was created at all. And um uh And what her purpose is it's it's so fantastic, I mean, Kara, you read that so wouldn't it have been amazing what What kind of world would we have had if that had been the story of Eve rather than her having been the deceiver and and caused the downfall of man?
6: yeah, Kara,
8: I mean, think about what kind of world it would have been if eve eve. Eve's purpose had been in our collective unconscious, as a as a mm-hmm. culture, as a society, that she had a purpose and a and a meaning. She was not deceived by the devil because the this serpent in the garden was a messenger, God's messenger. And did you know that that um, the Jews don't believe that that the serpent in the garden is the devil? That's not in their mythology. Oh wow. Well, the, well, what do they believe then? Um, I, I think he was an angel, but I'm I'm not I I, I don't know for sure. I'll have to, go mm-hmm. back and study that again. But, but God tells me that the that the serpent represents singularity. It's the over and under principle. If you can picture this this snake moving back and forth in undulating pattern, that is magnitude. At, and and. Uh, and <laughs> Somebody has a hot rod in the background um the joys um, of living in an apartment
6: complex that's my yeah. CDS. <laughs> yeah. um the uh
8: but the over and under principle is the uh positive and negative of uh the polarities so um what's so fascinating with the with the serpent or the uh, the snake also is in the garden its job is to to eat the pest. To destroy the pestilence um, in the garden, so that uh, the Adam and Eve, the Adam and the Eve, uh, could eat freely. Otherwise, the pest would have would get all of the the fruits. And there's a lot of symbolism in that of um, eliminating pestilence in the garden, the garden of the mind. Um, but another symbol that I think would help listeners to, to reimagine the story of Adam and Eve is that um, the word Adam is from Adama, which means earth, and Eve is the Hebrew word for life or living. So together, they are the living earth, um, and they, they are also made from the earth. I still have a lot of, of studying, and I am doing a lot of studying in what God means by this, but the Constructal Law of Physics is helping me with that. And if you go to my website, I, I do have a video that talks a little bit about the Constructal Law of Physics and um, and how that plays in the role. So I don't know if we
6: particularly address this yet, but now in reading the story that you transcribed down about Adam and Eve, uh, do you believe that the the um, story in Genesis? Do you believe it was watered down, or was there missing information that could have helped people?
8: Yeah. What was removed is the story of free will, because at the time um, this was a a, a very a tumultuous time for governments. You know, there there was the Hebrew uprising, there was um, the Roman occupation uh the uh, the governments of the time were trying to keep the people in under control so you can't control people who who know that they are free just like you can't you can't control mm-hmm. Americans you know you can't tell we are too independent minded we know that we're free so it you know in in um, Rome is where uh democracy failed so really the entire Bible is is tainted with that uh, failed freedom so free will then the story of free will comes from when Adam and Eve didn't um, didn't follow God's law or rule there Um, the reason this is an important event in the history of humanity is that we, at that moment, became free will beings um, and no longer automatons for God, but that we became co-creators at that point. You cannot create anything new just following the rules. So you have to break the rule in order to create anything new.
6: Now, do you believe that in Genesis, Do you think one of the reasons it was kind of watered down with um, Adam and Eve, uh, the story of them, was to kind of put women in their place? Because when I read your book, I think it illuminates so much more about the divine feminine, uh, which you God-scribed down in in this story, and it just illuminates her in such a different way as opposed to just being... um, kind of the the individual in the church
8: that gets a lot of blame. Right. Yeah, she becomes a fully um purposeful creation that um I I almost got the image of if evolution began with male, the next stage of evolution is female. That's the that's the feeling I get, and but before I over uh, you know put the put the feminine on too high of this pedestal over the masculine, these are these are complementary um, states of God. Uh, the only reason there's a male female at all is for uh, re, uh, reproduction or to to create more of them, you know, so that there are more humans. There has to be a male and a female, and the, but the two of them together is God, um, and in my in my book, What to Do When You're Dead, God actually talks about um, the male female in a in a much more fascinating way uh, in their complementary nature, and if you think of the feminine as life giving, because the womb um, of the womb is the symbol of that life giving essence of God, um, then the the masculine is the everlasting life if if you think of of men's manner a man, the manner of men um they they believe they will live forever that they must live forever and so everything they do tends to be around this this need or urge to live forever so they represent or symbolize everlasting everlasting life and if you put the two together then it represents god's Everlasting life, giving.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: So, so there is there's really no male female in spirit form, only in body form, so that we can create more than one of us. You know, two make one, one plus one, um, then one and one together make another one. One and one together make another one. Each. Each aspect of this is, comes still from the singularity, the single one that is God. And so, when and and so Abraham was right, yeah, it is it is one God, and in stripping from the from the mind of of culture at that time, this polytheism, they were getting rid of the multiple gods. One ideology was replacing another, so um, the uh the feminine was very strong in polytheism and paganism you know fertility goddess was a very important um life-giving symbol of that time so stripping the the power of the feminine uh from the story of the one god was a way of also stripping uh away that the pagan the way that the pagans worshiped so um, but but there's also another powerful story in there, um, and this is something I would have been fascinated to talk to Greg about. Is um, if he's familiar with the cosmic serpent um, and the um, uh, Jeremy Nar- Narby going into well I don't I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other discussion. Mm. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> take that. But but there are such there is such a connection to um the the cosmic serpent or the the serpent in the garden um to uh, to stories that have come from the amazon and from from tribal cultures all over the world there's so much more that's missing from the adam and eve story than just um the free the free will and eve story but also the story of of the the serpent well,
1: Fonda, I know that you're just starting to step out into your full power and into the public after kind of, um, you know, writing your book and doing some other things. So I'd really like our listeners and our guests to get to know you. Would you mind, if we switch topics a little bit, and would you mind giving us a taste of your work a little bit and um, showing us, I know you don't normally do radio, but my experience yeah. on the phone with you, you actually do it very well, despite what you Thank think. You. So. I wondered if um, we have a volunteer from one of our co-hosts, Mr. Um, T.G., has actually volunteered to be a guinea pig, and then maybe we can mm. get some people call because I think you're so lovely that um, everyone's going to want a tiny little piece of you before we hang up. So if you wouldn't mind if um, – T.G., are you there?
5: Yeah, I'm right here. I'm listening. So
1: okay. do we have permission? Do you still agree to be our Studio Guinea
2: yes.
1: yes, I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, Karen, I me... actually got a chance to work with Sondra, so Sondra, you can go ahead and work with TG. Um, however, you feel comfortable.
8: Well, let me just let me just start off by saying, saying what I'm doing, I don't call it channeling because channeling it's impossible to channel God. It would force you to bl- blow up. You can't channel God. Um, but what I'm doing is. Um, I guess you could call it allowing. And um, in our brain is the ability to interpret vibration. Just as our eardrum sends the vibration to our brain, our brain then interprets that vibration as sound and articulates that sound um, to, to distinguish between voices and music and all kinds of other um, very articulate nuances of sound. My brain... Um, I've I have unlocked the ability to allow my brain to interpret the vibration that God is giving me, and receiving this me- in receiving this message, um, T.G. I'll be able to um, uh, to tell you uh, word for word what God is telling you. So essentially, you'll be able to talk to God through me. Okay. So let's. So let's get started. So what God wants to tell you is that there's nothing to worry about when it comes to spirituality. Spirituality is something so sinister to some people. They think that it has to do with their way of being right or wrong, their way of living in the world, their way of interpreting what they hear in the world. But actually, spirituality has to do with the heart. The heart is the only place you need focus on in order to heighten your awareness of God, heighten your awareness of others, and most importantly, heighten your awareness of yourself. The heart that you are is also the intense and beautiful vibration that you bring into the world. When you vibrate into the world, people sense you. When they sense you, they know you. When you know them the way they know you, you become this interpreted being. Do you understand what God means by interpreted being?
5: Uh, Not really. If you could uh, maybe define that a little bit. Okay.
8: Interpreted being means that people will misassociate you with something that is within them. So they will focus on this part of them and then place that part of them over their image of you. So they never know you. When you see that happening, you need not do anything except allow them to be exactly what they are being. Just know that you don't have to be what they think you are. You don't have to be what they think you are. You don't have to be what the world thinks you are. You need to only be what you are. And the best way to be that is open your heart. The more and more and more you open and open and open, the more you love and love and love. As you love and love and love, you become and become and become. Every time you start to see this becoming broaden, 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 as it becomes, as it becomes, as it becomes, your heart will define you. When your heart defines you, no one else need ever tell you what you are again.
5: Wow! And, uh, yeah. No, where you, touched, where you touched on, yeah, that's it's, uh, it's uh, very true. Sure. From people have told me. Yeah, thank Are you, you so much, time. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay,
8: that was absolutely beautiful. Is, is there any other questions uh, you might have directly, T.J.?
5: Uh, yes, actually, I do. I know that uh, you were mentioning how just pretty much, like, say, for me to be myself is that how I should pretty much be, you know, towards people, or is that only, you know, I say people that are close to me or just, you know, people as I meet?
8: People that you meet especially, because these are the people that you are most vulnerable to. You tend to allow people to judge you, and then you play into that judgment. What you will learn how to do as you expand your heart is to create a boundary around you so that people cannot penetrate you and you will establish that boundary each time more quickly. The stronger your heart is, the more your boundary will be impenetrable. When your boundaries are impenetrable, you will no longer have to define yourself by the way people see you. Does that make sense?
5: I guess it does. No, it, it very. It makes a lot of sense, uh, especially from, you know, just from experience, it's kind of like what I end up doing and how I act towards people. Yes. Mm, cool. Cool.
1: If you would like to call in and have a mini reading with Sondra, um, you can go to six four six five six four nine seven one two. Sondra, you do offer readings through your website. Is that correct? I you do. are doing readings for people.
8: I do. I, I love helping people. It's not something that I really advertise or that I'm necessarily going to pursue as a means of making a living or anything, but um, I love helping people and I love being the liaison between God and and everyone because God is contained within us and we are contained within God. There is no separation, as you know, as an enlightened being that you are. There is no separation between us and God. Um, so I'm really only keying into the um the God that is connected to me, and that God is connected to the person I'm doing a reading um for and uh and then that's how I'm able to know what particular message is um most important to someone well
1: we do have a question from the chat um Gina. Said. And which What information do you need
8: to plug into someone? Do they need to be on the phone, Sandra? No, no. Okay.
1: Um, I, just Gina plug in, in I just
8: plug into God and God plugs into them. <laughs> yeah,
1: I understand so I do something yeah, okay. similar. Um, Gina says, I feel very mediocre and timid. I'm just wondering if Sondra can see a talent in me or something beyond what I'm currently seeing.
8: Mm, Gosh, I wish I could answer this one, but I'm going to let God answer this one. Okay, mediocrity does not mean what you think it does. Mediocrity is the golden mean. It is the center within which all creation begins. Mediocrity is when all of you is centered. It is so centered, in fact, that it has no movement. It is this lack of movement that you fear. You think that because you are not moving forward or backward or around that there's something wrong with you. The truth is that you are in the seat of your creation. Now you need to only look outward at opportunity. Opportunity is what you are missing. You can't see it. You don't know it's right in front of you, and you certainly don't know how to grab a hold of it. So what I recommend you do is to first allow yourself that mediocrity. Look up the word and look it up in the etymology. Look up the history of the word and what it means. I think you'll find it is a fascinating word that is deeply spiritual and it transcends all spiritual histories of humanity in this golden center. Then, once you allow yourself mediocrity then look out and through that window of what you think you are then when you see that what you think you are isn't what you really are opportunity will come staring at you so profoundly you will wonder how you ever missed it in the first place wow you know this is um this is Sandra again just me <laughs> but um i i came to god with that one night uh you know just feeling so mediocre i couldn't couldn't get any momentum on the book i i um i didn't know what i was doing i was spending way too much time in front of the television and then a great deal of uh guilt for that and uh, i was just laying in bed and and i said god you know Am I always going to be this mediocre? Is it, is it always going to be like this? And that's when God gave me the same um, advice that Gina is her name. Um, yeah, Gina. Gina. Uh, this, that's same advice that. And I looked up the word, and I wish I had my collegiate dictionary with me. Um, I looked up the word, but it it, it it's a golden mean. It's uh, the middle way. It's a very, very important spiritual place to be in. So that was a very uh, encouraging for me. Wow, that's wonderful. Um,
1: I know Kara and I have gotten a reading, so I'm, I'm trying to stay out of this. Um, well, do you have anything you'd like to ask, Sandra?
4: Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, as you were giving TG a reading, I was I was kind of thinking to myself, what what question do I have? And I guess I guess my question is, what? Where do you see uh, where 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 do you see me heading in the next year or two?
8: What is it that you feel you need to be heading toward?
4: Um, I guess more in a in a uh, a business sense or or a or a, a life sense. Uh, that but, makes sense.
8: But, <laughs> but God wants to know what is it that you feel you need to be heading toward.
4: Wow! Happiness. Turned around that question. <laughs> <laughs> Happiness. Uh, I, I wow. think I think more of a, a fulfillment of of my of my self worth and what my you know where where I should be. That's
8: right. That's what we wanted you to answer, because yeah. what you are trying to do desperately is to win over the people in your life in a way that they will look at you and say wow, isn't Walt great? Isn't he amazing? But the problem is no one will ever look at you in that way until you look at you in that way. And then once that happens to you, you won't care how they look at you. So what we recommend to you is that you first worship yourself in such a way that you become the God of you, you become the nature of you, and the creation of you when you create who you are in such a way that you are so proud that no one will ever be able to look at you with scorn again. So one thing we want you to recognize about who you are is that you come from a long line of individuals who are working all of the time and never taking the time to experience life in such a way that they express themselves through that life. So, for instance, there's people in your family who work, 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 and they define themselves by this work and they define everyone around them by the work that that person is doing. They are defining everything that they do and everything that everyone else does by this work, 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 work. You, on the other hand, are quite familiar with the river of life that runs through you. It's real clear to you what this river means to the rest of the world. And when you start to let go of the edges of that river, huh. when you start to float down that river, you will become the greatest being you ever imagined yourself to be. Does that make sense to you?
4: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it does. It does make sense. Um, yeah, I guess it does make sense. i um, I'm, I'm ingesting it all. You're
8: rejecting it?
4: No, that ingesting is, it. Ingesting.
8: Oh, ingesting, rejecting.
4: Yeah. I I'm just I suddenly
8: it. it. All in. I
6: see. Sandra, that,
1: that was, was it. so crazy dead on. You have no really? IG. That was I like, don't have
6: any idea. And
1: on. Wow. Yeah, that was great. I loved it. That was great. And that has well, you should really um, listen to the replay a couple times and maybe, like, record it or write it down or whatever um, because that has some, like, profound truth in it for you. That That's not surface stuff. That's, like, some deep stuff that um, can really help you, you know, in the question that you were asking. So that was great. Yeah, I'll do yeah, that,
8: sometimes when, Yeah, sometimes when we ask the question um, – even I have to do this when I do a reading for myself, I um, have to sleep on it and read it the next day for it to actually make um, make the right sense. Because you're in the place of the problem when you're in the listening. You're, you're in the same mind of the problem. But when you know that this problem could be solved, there's something that relaxes within you so that the next day your listening is completely different from a completely different place. So... Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Dr. Kim is, is right that uh, in the replay it will make a lot more sense for you.
1: And you'll get maybe Thank different you. things out of it but in the first time. And I don't want to hog the time, but um, we have thousands and hundreds of people that listen to the replay, and I know um, that things you speak to us will resonate in sense. There isn't anyone else on the line. I know Kara has a question, but um, I hesitate to – to ask you this, Sondra, because you are so accurate, and I want to share that, as I think T.G. and Walt just experienced, you're quite accurate, I'm always a little hesitant to say, you know, do you have a message for me, but I'm going to put it out there since we still have some time to give people another example. Uh, You haven't really read any, I mean, you read, you know, The Two Men, so I'd like you to plug in for a second, and then Kara has a question (laughs) after that.
8: Okay. Well, I personally do want to say that when I, um, you and I talked on the phone the first time, um, I was so fascinated by the reading that I was having a hard time doing it because I was listening to it at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the first thing God said was that um, you are now talking. It was talking to me, saying you are now talking to someone. Um, who knows God in a way that you haven't talked to someone uh, in a long time? So you got this ama- amazing compliment from God,
2: <laughs> and that's that's the thing I
8: remember from from the reading, and I don't remember anything else of it. But um, okay, well, so and that was,
4: but, no,
1: that was amazing. So thank you, but in yeah so see what you have
4: today. Thanks. just you just uh, gave her ego another boost. thanks.
8: <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. I didn't now mean to. Do never that. talk to her. <laughs> but <laughs> But I did hear you. I did I was listening to the show with Adronis, Brad and Adronis and uh-huh. it was a fascinating show, by the way. I was just I was glued to my radio on that. But um You had said something to the um, effect that you also hear um, a they. You hear plural, and um, and that's also what what uh, God is to me is plural. And um, and if you go to the Book of Genesis, uh, God is in the plural also when um, God says, "Let us make let us make man in our own image." True. So true. And I've asked God about that, and it's the, um, uh, it's the many minds of God. There are billions of minds, of, billions and trillions and gazillion minds of God, um, but they, just as there are you know, trillions of, of cells within your body, but you unify that within this body that is you. And mm-hmm. so too, with the mind of God, it is uh, the many and the one. So, um, okay. So let's let's tune in to Dr. Kim. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an interesting form of communicating with you because we talk to you all the time, Kim. So, what is it that you would like us to give you through Sandra this time? What is it that you would like to know that we don't tell you every day?
1: Don't call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? And and that is so beautiful. Um, well, a different perspective on something I know because Sondra has a different energy and a different frequency than I do. So express differently, that maybe I'll I'll get um maybe some added insight.
8: And and it yes. is
1: also for Sandra, to show her unique I mean, talents and
8: abilities. So not
1: just. Me.
8: So play along. Well, we, we were not calling you out. What we were doing was getting you to articulate your purpose. And in doing so, we are allowing you to take over this example in such a way that people will learn how they too can hear God. So, what we would like you to do is answer a few questions for us. Are you ready for that?
1: Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right.
8: Here's what we want you to give to others. How do you hear God?
1: Wow, that brings tears to my eyes. That's really hard for me to express um, to you guys because I feel that I have a oneness and a synergy and um, a becoming and a being, all of those things. Um, and when I am a clear channel, which I'm not always um there is no separation between um me and God, so it's not exactly a hearing, although I'm a very clear audience oftentimes you know people say you don't hear the voice of God, and I know um I can vouch for t g and I know some of us do some of us literally hear the voice of God, which sounds crazy, you know in this modern age, but I clearly hear um, in a clear, audience way, and in my mind. But it's more the most, the closest I feel to God is more of a merging or a being. Um, it's it's just being one. To be honest, it's hard to explain.
8: Well, would you say that that is also how others can hear God?
1: I would absolutely say that is how others hear God when they drop their resistance, when they come to the end of themselves and turn their being and their energy bodies and their minds and everything within them and in their physical reality when when they just surrender their whole self, I would agree, yeah.
8: So when you allow that others will allow by surrendering, then what is it that you do that is different from what others do? Meaning the people that are not able to hear yeah, God. I understand. You,
1: as in talking, speaking directly to God, know that you, speaking directly to God, again brought me to a place of there was no self left. I mean, it's funny. I know I joke around, and, and I really was brought to a place where there was no ego left. There was no more me. I completely turned over um the piece of me that exists in a physical form to god and that was the difference if that makes sense
8: yes so the people who cannot hear god are people who have not surrendered would you agree yes so how do we have people who cannot surrender allow themselves to surrender without losing everything that they have in order to do it.
1: And I think there's an opposite end of that spectrum which I spoke of for the past two hours before this show, which you can come to God through brokenness or you can come to God, in my belief, through tasting the essence of who God is. So my mission, I feel, and part of my purpose to kind of hand out samples of the the deliciousness of a life connected to God and to source energy and to be that conduit, to stand in as a surrogate when they cannot be that. So instead of having to come to the place that I had to because of who I am, very stubborn um, and very independent and very willful, that was my journey. But I feel that I am allowed because of that to be a conduit of grace Enjoy and, and kind of come from the other end and um channel or connect people to that same experience,
8: so when you allow others to give you God, then you give God back in in a sense, yes, mm-hmm. So, what we suggest is that when you allow others to give you God, you are giving God back. Then, when that happens, nothing you do in this world will be more important. So, the minute you start to doubt that what you are doing is in the eye of God, truly magnificent, always remember that your job is to give God to others, and as you give God, they give God back. Mm. When that happens, you are fulfilling your purpose on earth, and nothing is even remotely more important than that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. I wanted to ask you something. Um Sandra here. Um uh it has to do with um with love. Are you are you in love right now? I don't think so, no. And I was wondering is there um is there something about being in love with another person that would make you feel more complete? Absolutely. So, I think that even though God gave you an incredible message about your purpose, I think there is a sense of, of this feeling that you're you might be missing something. And um and God I think is what God's telling you and God correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm wrong so far, oh, sorry, okay, what you' trying to say, <laughs> okay uh, uh, what you're trying to say, Sandra, is that loving God is all you need, and that is not what we are trying to tell Dr. Kim. What we are saying is that first love that, then the love of your life will show up because this is the reward for knowing who you are and what your purpose is. When you have fully engaged that purpose without doubt, Mm. that's when we allow that this doubtless being that you are can embrace the love of another human being. But until then, you are just Teflon to someone's love toward you. Teflon's an old word, it's probably even at, not even around anymore. Do you know what that means by Teflon? No, yeah. It's Teflon
1: code <laughs> is what they put on um pan, so right. Yeah. So I would be I would be resistant to someone's love until I fully embrace and am absolutely confident in walking in my purpose.
8: I think what um not just resistant uh resistant to sticking, resistant to melding mm-hmm. um, do you know, to it sticking yeah. And um and that it would just slip away. You know, that yeah. their love slips slips away because it's there isn't it, it can't stick. Um, um and that's because you're you're fighting the stickiness of God's love and purpose in you. And until you let that stick, love just keeps slipping away for you.
1: Got it. Okay, I gotcha.
8: Does that is it does that resonate
1: for you? does that make sense? It does I think I'm three fourths of the way there, so and it's funny because I've accepted that right now that is not my focus, so I think I'm in the right place because I recognize that that I am still um coming into that fullness of destiny and time that is now for my purpose, just like what you said, so I'm aware of that, and there's just a little bit of resistance still to fully believing and embracing that in the way that it's showing up. So, yeah, I can see that. I agree. Um, I want to share something with Thank you, by the way. I want to share something with you, and then I'll let Kara ask her question. Um, Gina wrote in and said, yes, that was beautiful. I loved it. I've never seen it that way, but I can now see mediocrity as a blessing. It feels like mm-hmm. a blessing now. She described exactly what I was feeling about it, mm-hmm. too. Please tell Sandra. Thank yeah. you.
8: Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, That is definitely a pleasure to hear. That's beautiful. Thank you.
1: Well, Kara, I know we're running out of time, and I I would like Sandra to run through where we can get her book and her website, but do you have a question?
6: Well, Sandra, this is going to have to be a whole other episode, but maybe you (laughs) can give us a few lines on it. What I'd really ask to you, what I'd really like to ask you is, what has God been talking about lately? About the earth, or about the hu- or about humanity?
8: Okay, well, so, um, oh, I hear a baby in the background. Yeah, Kimi
6: joined me in the studio.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I hear cooing. Um. Okay. Yes, there are four four issues facing humankind today um, that are absolutely crucial to our survival. The first is that we are. Um, We are choking ourselves off from our resources and the source of all life, which is water. Um, Secondly, we are depleting the oxygen levels in the atmosphere that are necessary for sustaining human life. Third, we are making a big mistake to think that burning fossil fuels are what's heating up the planet. What's heating up the planet is that we are wiping out the biosphere. We are tearing down the trees and the green and everything um, that was created to bring oxygen into the air and the, the cooling cycles and the water, the water cycles. Um, and last but certainly not least, we are fois- poisoning our own food supply. So these are the, these are the things that um, God says we are doing to uh, wipe ourselves out we have been human beings have been wiping themselves out for tens of thousands of years and as evidence in uh ancient ruins around the world uh, but what's different about this time is that we are poisoning our food supply and we may not be able to make it back uh, from this destruction you know we 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 will diminish our our population to such a Uh, degree that we may not make it back. And that's why the book um, that's coming out next spring, by the way, uh, I just got word yesterday from um, the publisher that published Conversations with God. Um, He is the one that... Yep, he's the one who's going to be publishing my book um, uh, through Rainbow um, Rainbow Ridge Books. And um, so it will be out in the, this summer, spring or summer. Wow, uh, that's so dad. exciting.
1: Congratulations. Yeah, I know, uh, well-deserved, and, and good job. Um, we do have a caller I'm going to grab really quick. We're running out of time, so um, just really quick, and then we'll wrap this. Up. Um, here you go. <laughs> I do have a um, question for Sandra?
3: Uh, yes, this is Sharon in Memphis.
1: I had a question.
3: Hi. I um, wanted to find out, I, for about five years now, uh, since I got my laptop, I've been doing kaleidoscope pictures, um, just hundreds of them, and they have to do with the chakra colors. I don't know what to cool. do with all of this.
8: Wow. Well, what you're exploring is something very deep within you. It's not something you're going to be sharing with the rest of the world. It's okay. something that you are finding within yourself as a way of communicating to your soul. Your soul is waking up as you're doing this because it recognizes something within these colors and shapes that are more than just your everyday world that you present to your soul. This time, something is becoming remarkable. And what we mean by remarkable in this sense is that your soul sees something that is waking it up from its slumber. The slumber is purposeful. Everyone goes through a period of slumber uh, before waking up to their soul because you first have to recognize the ways of the world so that your body becomes, um, in a sense, indoctrinated into the ways of the world. But then when you wake up to your soul and your soul's yearnings, you will find a way to mitigate those two things between what your soul demands of you and what the world demands of you. And when you start to balance those two things out, you will resonate your purpose and why you were born. And if you want to know why you were born, that's going to take a little bit longer, but I can certainly give you you some information on
1: that. that On our website, Um, is it, So tell everyone what your website is and how they can get your book. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for calling. I'm sorry we got you in at the very last minute. That's
6: okay. Thank you so much. And I I just want to let you know that Sandra will be on my show, Strange Days Indeed, on November 15th. So if you go to strangedaysindeed.com, you can call in again and talk with her again.
3: I will do that. Thank you
6: so much. Thank Thank you. you so
3: much. So thank you, Doctor Kim.
1: Thank you, honey. Bye bye.
3: Bye
1: bye. Well, Sandra, you're going to have to come back. We're going to have to get some more buzz going, and you're going to have to play with us. So, thank you so much for coming, and um, I hope more people have discovered you, and will discover you through the replay. And congratulations on your new book deal. And thank you. you and I will talk soon.
8: Well, you know, I just have to say thank you to you, Dr. Kim, because you know what, you're helping me step out of the closet, and with people like you holding my hand, um, it's it's a joy. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh,
1: My pleasure. Like I said, we will talk soon, and have a good evening. Thank you so much, Sandra.
8: Okay, bye-bye. Bye, thank you. Thank you.
1: We're right up against sixteen seconds. So good night everybody. Thank you all for being on. Thank you for being vulnerable and um letting me use you all as an example. And although as usual at the end of that deal. So um it was a wonderful show. And my pleasure to have you all on. And thank you to everyone listening. And have a good evening.
2: Thanks for listening I'm on *Secret to Everything* with Dr. Dr. Kemp- Kimberly
5: Rejoin. George. Listen every Wednesday Day night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Block Radio. Radio.